Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Academy podcast, the number one podcast in motocross. If you enjoy listening and want to watch full episodes, you can enjoy them inside the Moto Academy app. Try your first month free by using code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com and experience the world's best online motocross community and training platform. Again, that's code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com. See you guys inside the app. Hey, <laughs> welcome back. Another spicy, heavy-hitting episode of the number one podcast in motocross. Dr shout out Driver Jamie, right off the bat. Thank you. Thank Driver you. Jamie Thank just you. flew into, where did you fly into? Flew from Pennsylvania to Chicago O'Hare yeah. to Sacramento, and then drove from Sacramento to somewhere here in Florida. Punta Gorda. Deep into Florida. Yeah. Naples. So basically... You couldn't really drive much further and remain in the United States. 47 hours of driving. It's actually less than I would have guessed, but that's the very tippity-top left-hand corner of the United States, almost. Well, except for the state of Washington, but pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Pretty close to pretty much, you can't get much deeper into Florida. You, no. You maybe no. got another hour south, and then you're there. Would have been uh, cool to go to the Keys. So, the Keys. yeah. Have you ever been to the Key West? No, I have not. I don't think you're missing anything. No. <laughs> so... Yeah, we had a leak. We think leak is now solved. We're hoping. But now with our luck, actually I shouldn't say that because we have great luck we here do at the Moto Academy. Luck, yeah. But we make our it's own probably luck. not going to rain now that the van is yeah, apparently not. doesn't have a leak. I would love for it to rain now to test it, but we'll see. But shout out driver Jamie. He just drove all the way across the country. A this beast. is our first podcast back. So right away, comment below. How do we look? How do we sound? I just bought a sunscreen for the front of the van so that way we can avoid the light coming in through the windshield because I'm gonna guess, although it looks fine. It doesn't I, look too bad. I think the driver Jamie and Tony's camera is probably gonna be a little bit too bright. Uh, also the sign is gonna be readjusted. Driver Jamie will do that tonight. Other than that, I think Custom Outfits put the cameras right back where they belong. So thank you Custom Outfits, uh, but mostly thank you Jamie. For driving the van my pleasure and you didn't hit much wind no the first time the van uh really didn't scare the crap out of me um have you the, experienced it yet wind assist not in this van but the oh, van that we used one. to have yeah when because it's like you get no warning it oh, just no, happens mitchell, <laughs> i last time we we're here i took mitchell for a ride and he thought we were in an accident he yeah was, he almost jumped out of the front seat oh, yeah. yeah he yeah. was he goes what was that I'm they like, should definitely warn you yeah. when you get it like hey yeah. just so you know this thing is <clears> out of nowhere yeah. Will just slam on the brakes and swerve you any direction that it wants. That usually swerves you into traffic, too. <laughs> yeah. It feels counterproductive. Yeah, yeah totally. Assist. So if you guys are in the market for a Mercedes Sprinter, great vehicle. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love this but vehicle. But just be warned of the wind assist. Because <laughs> if you go by a tractor trailer or one goes by you or you get a slight gust of wind, good luck. Then you can't turn it off. We've taken it to two Mercedes dealers. It cannot be turned off. If you know how to turn it off. Give us Let a call. Us know. Yeah, Give please. Call. <laughs> uh, so we did an episode with Driver Jamie. We have also just recorded an episode telling the origin story of Grant and Coach Mitchell. Because what happens here at the Moto Academy is things move quickly. And sometimes I forget that the audience has no idea who people are. Mm. The audience has known who Driver Jamie was for a long time. And you were never on the podcast somehow until just recently. Which By is mind-blowing. I know. That's crazy. It's little stuff like that that just like gets lost in the sauce. Yeah. People loved your episode. This episode, we're coming in hot and heavy with Tony. 
Tony, Tony Peanuts. Round of applause for Tony. Tony Peanuts. Tony Peanuts. Tony, Tony Peanuts. Bag of Donuts. So Tony is a big integral part of Moto Academy, but a new face, fairly new face. You've been with us for... Since like July, I'd say. Okay, what month are we in now? Uh, February. February. So that's eight months. That long? Wow. It's longer than I would have guessed. Yeah, time flies. Official role as of now is COO, but it's definitely more than COO. I'm kind of I've been referring to you as, as since I've read Traction. Yep. You're you're our integrator. Cool. So he's officially cool. our integrator. I like it. It'll um, it's a big word. Integrate. I want you to read this traction book too. It's good. I think everybody on the team maybe should read it to some extent. Everyone you recommend, we read. Because what we're gonna do is we're gonna put every single it's it basically what it does is it creates a really simplified operating system for a business a lot of things that we were already starting to do yeah. but it creates a perfect guideline and step-by-step -step process to create that operating system yep and uh yeah it was super interesting because it made us realize like there was a couple of things that we were missing and then there was a few things a lot of things that we were already on the road to doing just organically which was good uh but yeah integrator visionary leader yep. uh, <laughs> All things. because that's that's uh, what's needed and tony's yeah. been just that for the moto academy what the moto academy really was for the longest time and now that i'm reading this e-myth book okay have you read the e-myth yet mm -mm. that we next distraction one let's spend a lot of time on this one because sure. i i want to get all of that stuff into place all of it yep but the e-myth one is really interesting so what the e-myth one talks about and by the way we should We'll tell more about Tony in a second, but I'm just going to take over. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> books first. <laughs> the e books. Welcome the to the library. <laughs> Moto Academy Book Club, welcome. <laughs> it is the entrepreneurial myth. And the entrepreneurial myth is a uh, two-parter. Part one is that every person that starts a business is an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a myth. That is not true. true. Second part of the entrepreneurial myth is that because you are the technician, mm -hmm. because you are good at the thing that you do, yep. whether it be a mechanic or a motocross coach or an artist or whatever it is, that that means you will be successful at running a business doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And that is couldn't be further from the truth either. Sure. So what it does is it talks about the three phases of a business going from... Um, Startup. It refers to it as infancy, adolescence, and maturity. And infancy is you're the technician, you start your own business, and you are the technician doing all technician things. Mm -hmm. So you're the motocross coach that starts the motocross coaching business, and you're just in it. Mm -hmm. You're working in the business the whole time, only being good, essentially, at being a motocross coach. Yep. So that's infancy. A lot of people kind of Stay. stop there, yep. right? Then the next phase is adolescence, which is, okay... I'm ready to expand, like we're getting too much business. I need to try to hire somebody mm -hmm. and get some people on board to help here. And it it's so interesting. It talks about the growing pains of that. And what typically ends up happening is that as a technician, you end up hiring more technicians, but trying to like blindly put them into roles mm -hmm. that are more of like manager roles. Sure. Right? So and it talks about all the issues created with that and how a large percentage, 80 to 90% of businesses hit that adolescent stage and then revert back to, they get small infancy. again. They revert back to infancy because they they can't figure it out. 
Yeah. And so it says that you have to learn to have, you have to wear three hats. As a per, if you're one person that's starting a business, you have to wear three hats. And I was, I was good at two of them, what okay. I'm realizing now. My two good ones were the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. which is the visionary, the person that's living in the future, creating the vision, uh, creating some just like structure around what you think the thing will actually be. Yep. The technician, so the person that's actually good at the thing. Mm-hmm. I had those pretty dialed in. And I think mm-hmm. I had a fair balance of the two. But you also have to be a manager. You have to be the person living. It says the manager is the person that lives in the past, kind of, using all of the data yep, to sense. create the framework and the systems and how everything operates. Yep. And that was what I didn't have. And mm-hmm. I still, that's still my weak point. Mm-hmm. So that's where Tony came in, is Tony was the person to be the integrator below the, the visionary, essentially, that can actually integrate all of the random thoughts that I have. Sure and collect the data and be the manager and organize everything going on below. The driver Jamie's, the Jackson's, the Grant's, the Hannah's, the Nate's, all of it. Um, And then we just randomly gave him the COO title, which really is just a very small fraction of what It sounds like you couldn't do both. If your visionary is the future, can't live in the past, you... It sounds like a job you just couldn't do both. No, you're super limited. I mean, that's why I think so few people succeed at getting to that next step. And maybe people listening to this can relate. But I I mean, I think back to the early stages and it wasn't that long ago, a couple of years ago, trying to get from just me to like that initial stage, that initial stage. And what it was is I hired my best friend Mm -hmm. who's also his name was AJ and AJ was not a manager at all. AJ was a little bit of what I was in that he was kind of an entrepreneur. He had, he had good visions. He was yep. great. We had good conversation and really good brainstorming conversation. But I tried to shove him into a manager role sure. and then just say, good luck out there. Right. Yep. And I knew nothing about the manager role at all. Mm-hmm. And I think according to how things played out, I don't think he did either. Sure. And it, ended up kind of almost ruining our relationship completely my fault because I just didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I was in such a hurry and things were moving so quick that I tried to just shove them into a spot and blindly trust that it would work out. And now, and there's so many things that have even happened since then. Sure. I don't think it was your fault or his fault. I, no. think, I think it's a matter of both of you is trying to do something and not being totally educated on the something you're trying to do mm-hmm. it just it just happens i mean you did the right thing you hired a friend you hired someone you trust but then in the same token you know you wouldn't hire a you know a, a barmaid to be a surgeon you know what i mean it's yep. just you gotta have right person wrong seat yes yep. which yep. that's where that's my fault uh so i i mean aj would actually be a perfect person to probably have on the team at some point again and like of all the of all of the relationships that i've cultivated and people i've hired and and fired mm-hmm. that aj's the one where i'm like man that they were all on me but that one was really on me it was just True. like things moving so fast and i just shoved the poor guy into the wrong seat and yeah. things were it was like right at the beginning of you know partnering with jet and things were really exploding yeah and but in re- reading that book and reflecting back on the last two years, I'm like, oh, look, two things. One, it takes so many things to go right to actually get to that next point. Sure. So sure. holy crap, I'm grateful that we've been able to do it. And two, now that we have done it, 
and now we're like transitioning from adolescence to maturity mm-hmm. and we're closer to maturity than we are adolescence i think we're, we're definitely on the way except jackson yeah jackson will <laughs> never get past adolescence uh, but as a whole like we're getting there yeah and so to reflect on what it all of what it takes to get there and how much wisdom you acquire in the process it there's a lot of value and even in the last eight months, the uh, the amount of uh, growth that the team collectively and individually has had is mind blowing. It's like mm-hmm. a whole different company from when I started in July or I was around in July to current day. I yep. think there's a lot more intent going on. There's a lot more focus. Um, you know what's amazing about it too is like I have you know I you guys are my family, but I have friends back home in PA and they see a difference in me, like reading the books, the mindset, like the, it, it's like you're, like, you're a totally different person, but yeah. you are because we literally, all of us are putting everything we have in into this. It's not yeah. just a, first of all, it's not a job. It's yeah. it. It's, it's a passion. It's a passion, yeah. And it's fun to be here. It's like, they'll say, oh, do you have work? I said, no, I don't work. Yeah. I don't work. Even driving across the desert, which definitely got longer. I'm not sure how, it got longer, <laughs> but you don't work here. You just, you know, I think the reason that is, is hopefully we've all done a good enough job. I've done a good, good enough job of really getting the vision across to everybody. Right. I think we all see the light at the end of the t- We all see it. Yep. And a lot of businesses, probably it's you know, there's a, people that hop in. They're working really hard for somebody else. They don't really know why they don't mm-hmm. see they don't see what it's getting them in the future or what they're a part of. And I think for us, it's. We have, we all have, we've got the vision. We know what we're working for. Not only the vision, but you pick the right people, you know, that, yeah, you made the mistake with AJ, put him in the wrong seat. But I think from that point forward, lesson learned, you didn't make that mistake again, you know, and then not to mention the support Ali gives you, you know, it's like you, you, you're full steam ahead and then we're just pushing with you. Yeah. It's interesting. All of the little mistakes and and lessons like along the way. So that AJ, right. We had Ryan videographer Ryan and with Ryan it was more so lack of almost like expectation and communication of that expectation because I didn't have that was when Ryan came right at the time when AJ went away which meant that I then went from trying to separate myself yeah and be up top to to then right back down into the mix and kind of doing both of visionary business and also the integrator business mm-hmm. and also training at Jet and Hunters yeah. to try to be good at Supercross. And was good That's at Supercross. And uh, so when when Ryan, then Ryan breaks his collarbone or whatever it was and gets hurt. Oh, geez. And so, and that happens right away within his first couple of weeks of working for me. And then his deliverables go from 100% to like 50%. Oh no, that's chaos. And such an easy thing to where if you had been here, sure. And that had happened, it would have been very clearly communicated within the first couple of days of like, hey, this is our expectation. You're not at 100%. Like, this isn't going to work out. Yep. If you, you know, if you need help, if there's something going on, let us know. There wasn't any of that. So sure. it was like basically four weeks of him not hitting deliverables, resentment built on my end because I was too easy to deal with it. And mm-hmm. then just gone. He's gone. Yep. Right. Um, lesson learned there with James, it was more so kind of similar thing sure. right and with james it wasn't that he wasn't hitting deliverables because james was quite good mm-hmm. but he there was no not enough time and not enough communication sure. to for him to express the things that he didn't want to be doing 
Yep. He just did it to where resentment built on his end because he didn't want to be doing those things. Yep. And I can't read his mind. Sure. And then he just gives me no notice and then takes off. All of these issues, like having you in the position that you're in, won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank it's, goodness. It's, uh, it's tough because when I was working at the point, um, it was very much like my dad and I were, were running it. And the the line of communication directly to all of the employees, I always felt a need to have a pulse on that. So going out of my way to interact with people, working beside them, working with them, making recommendations. Uh, and then I could feel them out as to where they're at mentally, physically, how's their family, how, how's their personal lives. Because once you, once you get a good handle on that, then you can manage the team effectively and you can you can move people around to help somebody out if you need to. So there's um yeah, and when you skip that obvious step yeah shit hits a fan really fast oh really fast yeah yeah tony's excellent in his position i mean Thanks, i remember dude. when you're for no serious when you, when you first brought him on you know you you just like everybody else you ask opinions you know what do you think of him what do you think of him i met tony twice and i just thought perfect you know absolutely perfect Thanks. and we have uh, a yeah and what's interesting about tony is uh, well, I guess this could segue into your origin story, but Tony didn't, you didn't really know much about motocross. No, no not at all. Not at all. And it was, Which is probably good. Yeah. And it wasn't even necessary. I mean, there were certain things along the way of like. You kind of got to know the lingo. And totally. Like random stuff which like you've that. figured out at this point. Yeah. Uh, Bikes are on dirt. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. At the beginning, he very, you, you know, Such very a little. fight. Yeah. So how quickly tell us because it was interesting hearing i don't know if you were you yeah, were working on the computer yesterday bit. but um or uh, grant's origin story and mitchell's yep kind of there was a lot of details within that i didn't even know mcmitchell went to the first moto academy class in minnesota because somebody broke their arm and then gifted him yeah he told us class. that story yeah i f didn't know that yeah that was cool yeah how long ago was it 2019 i think he oh said. wow yeah. So the early days. Yep. And then basically That's he cool. just went back to the class again. And then he was always the fastest rider at every class he'd sure. go to. So I'd kind of use him as a demonstrator at mm -hmm. first. And then maybe would like ask him questions or engage him a little bit. And it just so, sort of like very organically turned into. Cool. Yeah. Which is kind of how I, uh, how I came about too. Because I bought a dirt bike in 2020, I think November of 2020. And at that time, I think that was COVID. Yep. Yep. What made uh, you buy a dirt bike? Uh, to get back into it. So like growing up, I had a PW50 and uh, like in the yard, my dad and I would set up like two by fours and jump the two by fours or use a rock as like a, <laughs> like a base for a, for a ramp. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And I like go karts and stuff like that. Just like being outside and going fast. Um, but as soon as I got into organized sports and in school, I just kind of pushed that aside and forgot all about it. Um, but yeah, fast forward to 2020, I bought a KX250 and I had no idea how to ride a dirt bike. So uh, at that point, or we where were, to ride a dirt bike, or, right? Yeah, yeah, where to ride a dirt bike. So at that point, uh, I was living up in uh, the Lake Placid area and you're not riding in the winter up there so my dad and i would drive down to like the richmond area leesburg yep. area and um we'd bring the dirt bike we'd throw it in the sprinter van and bring it down and there was two times where we brought it down and i didn't even ride it 
because I was lacking so much confidence and it's like, I don't know what to do, who to talk to, how to do it. Um, so we were, we were in a hotel in Richmond and uh, I was Googling like top motocross uh, training facilities. And then like, um, I think it was Ricky Carmichael or some, someone has something like in the, in the Midwest, it was maybe Ricky Carmichael. I don't, I don't know exactly, but, um, so I sent them an email and they got back to me like six or seven days later. But at, at that same time, I saw the Moto Academy pop up and it, there was a class at Scrub and Dirt like three weeks, four weeks later or whatever. And in Georgia. In Georgia. Yeah. And, um, uh, there was one point where I dropped my dirt bike off at SGB because this is, this was kind of like the first int- introduction to AJ and the Moto Academy was, um, uh, one of the videos at the end of it, you said, uh, if you need suspension work done, bring it to SGB and tell them AJ sent you. Oh, okay, cool. So I drive from upstate New York down to Maryland in this like an industrious looking building location and drop my bike off. And uh, I mentioned to him that I have the class coming up at Scrubender. Yep. And could it be done by then? He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring it there with the truck and everything. I said, oh, cool. So I just had to show up to, uh, to class. That's right. And um, I got there and I waited. I saw you and Cam, uh, you guys were getting set up and everything. And I walked up to you now knowing you, this is such a funny thing to ask you. <laughs> I walked up to you and I was like, um, do you have my bike by any chance? And then you're like, what? No, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> so you, uh, <laughs> so in the back of my head, I'm like, oh shit, I'm not going to have a bike today. And I came all the way down from New York. Um, but Jason, like two minutes before class starts, shows up with my bike and, uh, with the suspension on and everything. And at the conclusion of the class, uh, I thought it was such a, such a great class. Um, and it was really well run and camo's nice. You were great. So at the end I was working up at the point in, uh, Lake Placid and I invited you and Allie, I don't know Allie at the time and Cam and his, his girlfriend. Um, up to the point for a couple of nights just to relax and uh, just to kind of repay or pay it forward. I don't know. I was doing a favor because you guys did such a great job. And uh, fast forward like eight months later, uh, I get a call. There might have been some texts exchanged um, about staying at the point. We got we got you, Allie, Cam and Grady reservation. And uh, I, I remember distinctly, I was on my back porch at my house. You guys were at the airport, I think somewhere en route to uh to get to the point and then there must have been a conversation between you and cam about having to pay for your stay at the point mm-hmm. and uh cam's whole thing was like i'm not forking over that kind of money and then you're, you called me up and I, you're just like hey i just want to confirm we're we're happy to pay but do we what's what's the price it's like no, no no it's free don't worry about it um so you stayed at the point and then we stayed in touch uh, came up to the point a couple of times after that, and uh, here we are. There was a long shot that we even ended up making it to the point. I didn't There's think you were so going to. There's so many people that offer kind of potentially cool things. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know because it's like I, I don't pursue 99% of them, yep. right? So the fact that, did you give me a card that day, maybe? I must have, yeah. The fact that I even didn't lose that card. Yeah. And yeah. then was interested enough to look it up and then see what it was. And then mm-hmm. the fact that we got there was a miracle in itself. Yeah. So the point was, is a, how would you describe the point? Uh, it's a, 
it's an ultra luxury resort small boutique uh, only 11 rooms and uh, it's an old rockefeller great camp which it has so much historical uh is value. it relay and chateau it is a relay and chateau yep which is is that like the equivalent of a michelin rated restaurant in a sense or is um, it a different thing in a sense it's just a sure way to travel like if you're traveling especially in europe uh, and there's a relay and chateau kind of like as a stamp of guarantee of like uh quality um not necessarily high quality but just quality and consistency it's high quality in my that's the nicest place i've yeah. ever stayed yeah the point point has a lot going on yeah it's a cool so place. and we went back how many times have we been three three i think yeah, yeah. definitely want to go again even though even though tony's not there yeah so it might not be quite as good but it's not the same it's amazing it was it's amazing and yeah basically then each time we would go we would stay for two or three nights maybe yeah at most i would always pester you like hey i'm i'm, I'm looking to leave the point uh let me know if you uh if you need any help and it was like <clears throat> i'd probably send you like a text every third week of the month or whatever just to throw it back on your radar so i had to be pretty persistent and I'm glad I was because if I hadn't been, I feel like you would have just forgotten about 100%. me. One hundred percent. So I'm I'm glad because I, at first when that conversation even started, it was like so low on my priority yeah. list of even thinking that that was something that would make sense. Yep. And then over time, it started to t the concept of that made was making more and more sense. Sure. And yeah, it just the people before we hire them mm -hmm. go through such a rigorous yeah. vetting process like <laughs> it's a you don't even know process. like the, the vetting process that you went through mm -hmm. the conversations that were had between everybody and the team sure. the amount of conversations that Allie and i had yeah i bet they're not easy decisions pulling out things that were not even red flags or yellow flags and still discussing them and talking yep. about every little thing because especially for your position in my opinion that was like the most important hire that mm -hmm. we'd had yet and i had messed it up once before and i'm sure. like i'm not gonna mess this one up again yep. so i took so it felt like so long to make that decision yeah you yeah. actually did a lot of talking like we've all talked you've talked to all us about everybody but with him not only did i talk to you about it i actually talked to ali one-on-one -on -one. like she pulled me aside and asked questions you know i said besides your hair everything's fine <laughs> that's my best feature man <laughs> other than my satellite here <laughs> we i mean it's no joke we i mean essentially like matt flood right it's mm -hmm. same it's same thing yeah he's still within the vetting process yep and yeah. like he's been pretty highly involved as far as being a part of the team he's even in our team calls at this point mm -hmm. but it's it's just i need to make 100 percent sure and it's funny because it, it just kind of naturally happens mm -hmm. like it's a it's a natural form of self-selection and it's like it's unironically like that's just the process now yep is that's just how we uh how we find people yep. and even nate. uh even nate yeah yeah even nate so the first conversation i had with website nate was at the point i remember sitting by the fire in um it's the one it's our favorite weather watch weather watch yeah and no it wasn't weather watch we boat were house? at boathouse okay sitting by the fire at boathouse facetiming nate for the first time so this would have been december of two Four, years ago yeah 2021 or, yeah 21 or 22 december 22 okay yeah 
because we just had December 23. Yeah, December 22. And to think that that escalated to what it is now just from that phone call and Nate's origin story was that he just sent me a direct message, which this happens all the time, Yeah. of, hey, I noticed so-and-so, you know, I think I could help you with this website thing and maybe this and this, which of all of the messages I get, website management is kind of like, or that type of thing, maybe mm -hmm. ad, running ads. I get that more than anything yeah, else. Yeah. So the fact that I even responded, he messaged me at exactly the right time. Sure. To where I saw it, which I don't look at my messages. Now right. I don't, I'm J Jackson sorts them. But the fact that I even saw it, and then the fact that I saw it and needed it at that exact moment, yep. because something must have happened that day to where like when I saw it, I'm like, yep, I need this. So, <laughs> so I call him, so we got on, a, on the phone, and then he ends up being what feels like a perfect match. And now, like, we're, we're onboarding him to full time. It's cool. Yeah. And it's all organic, which is the coolest part about it. Like, it's cool. None, none and I'm grateful forced. to have that because I imagine at the point it was probably like the exact opposite, and that you're just trying to vet, like, what, just random people that. Yeah. Like, to, how are you finding people an, for that? To an extent, but my process was always i would ask people who are already working there that i trust okay and i know their work ethic if they make a recommendation they're not going to put their reputation in jeopardy from for some yahoo that is lazy and mm -hmm. doesn't do doesn't do the job so that was always my process but um during COVID, it was really hard to find and retain employees and that's when you're doing like 50 interviews a week just for like a dishwasher kind of thing yeah and that that sucks a lot of time um and that's when you get loose cannons and you have no idea what kind of people you're getting it's tricky though because you still never know i mean yeah. with our partners for what was going to be the moto academy georgia thing mm -hmm. that was a recommendation from coach james, james. Yeah. and they ended up being a horrible choice yeah you know it's uh, like and sometimes you can't tell even yeah even the way that like cam accidentally acted throughout that mm -hmm. it showed it that it showed some things that's like mm, hang on a second so I, I think that was important for all of that to happen yeah absolutely it's almost like you want, almost want it to happen again to just test with people. The new, some of the new people it's yeah. like give them a test like yeah. let's see like yeah. true, true loyalty here uh, loyalty. because that that situation was uh i told you when i got the there. ultimate test when we were I think we were coming down here I had my son with me and uh, we stopped there to see the place and he said well I, you asked me what I thought about it I said well, the place is great but nobody really wants us there like there was I felt that was very unwelcoming when we pulled yeah. in the van very unwelcoming yeah it just it was a very weird in <clears throat> hindsight it's obvious yeah in hindsight it's obvious it's like uh, the, the the Woods family was still trying to have control over what they think, how they think their facility should be run. So now it's obvious in that why it unraveled so quickly once the announcement happened is they were making fun of it once the announcement happened, yeah. calling it like motocross Disneyland. Yeah. Because they thought it was so unrealistic. And with the Busa family living on property with them, they're just yeah. commiserating. And of course that's going to happen. Of course, because that's the reality then that they're living in. So it's when you thank God that we didn't make that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yep. happens for a reason. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And I the, I think I was grateful too to have like, empathy throughout that. I've remained pretty calm, calculated, and really in control throughout it. it. Had that had happened a year or two years prior, I would have potentially like imploded everything yeah. over that. Even like the cam. 
mm-hmm. Cam, where Cam got squirrely, and I, I don't care disclosing detail. It's like most people wouldn't talk about this, but whatever. Where Cam yeah, got me, squirrely. You had me off here. Like, you're, you're throwing names and <laughs> yeah, details, and I'm oh, like, gosh. I need a beer for this one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who cares? Because it's, it, it's it, like, I, I understand. I know, I understand. but it's funny. You, you were always the one to be like, you know, you know, yeah. just hush, be cool. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm listening to this conversation. I'm ready to open the fridge. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, well, we're... <laughs> and so Cam's was a very simple, honest thing. Like Cam, where Cam's got squirrely is Cam felt the need to uh, apologize to the Busa family and not on like our behalf or so. I, I don't think that was the case, but just in, like apologizing for how things mm-hmm. played out with the whole, whole ordeal. Uh, but he did it behind my back and it just so happened that he disclosed some potential details that were then getting put onto a forum to to completely defame myself and and Moto Academy. And Cam, once it started, once it happened and it kind of came full circle, you could tell, Cam never really fully admitted it, but you could tell he was like, ah, crap. AJ was right the whole time and- Didn't want that to happen. And I get it now. So he was trying to morally do the right thing, but it completely backfired on him because it just, you need to have full, you can't ever do anything behind my back. You just can't. Well, the the one thing that comes to my mind, and this is how I've led people for the past 10 years, is seek first to understand and then be understood. So, if if there is any uncertainty like take the moto academy georgia situation um if there's any uncertainty on information facts whatever it is if i I were cam i would go to you and say hey what what is the deal like and if he has like some burning question in his head ask and then you you spit out the facts or whatever whatever happened and then that's when it's it's in this case cam's turn to say well okay because here's my perspective and here's what i'm hearing and here's this and this and this so many issues can be resolved if people just employ the concept of seek first to understand and then be understood i remember i had to hold an emergency team meeting to yeah. explain to everybody, yeah, I was waiting for that to come. What up. was going on? Yeah, and I was I, on my way to the point. Were you a part of that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so poor Tony, and I'm remembering this now. Like, Tony gets onboarded into his position, and then <laughs> this immediately chaos. happens. Hey, congratulations, <laughs> hired. But wait, we got a disaster. It's, like, it's like Mitchell getting hired, and then just having to do the 60 or 80 Opera, rider yeah. class completely. Well, you've done that to a lot of us. Yeah. Hey, it's testing. Yeah. It so Tony is. gets hired, and then Moto Academy Georgia happens, and now he's just putting out fires left and right. But yeah, I had to hold an emergency team meeting because I felt as though there were multiple people on the team that didn't quite understand what was going on. And when I told the truth of the situation, it was still like, I'm like, I didn't feel like he believed me. Yeah. No, there was a couple, because I remember having a conversation with you after that. It's like, you know, we should apologize. We should, I mean, we ain't doing none of that crap. We didn't do nothing wrong. I mean, it's one thing if you if you if you bump into somebody and say, "Hey, I'm sorry." Okay, you deserve it. But mm-hmm. when someone bumps into us or literally knocked us the hell over, we, there's no reason for us to apologize or say admit something we didn't do. And I was yeah. that's why I'm so comfortable openly talking about it in the most respectful way possible. Is because I made every decision 
I made all of the right decisions. I did the right Absolutely. thing the entire time. Absolutely. And I know that with 100% certainty. Mm-hmm. Even like Cam called me, I remember I was walking to go cold plunge and Cam called me and then like out of the blue and randomly expressed, uh, he thought that the way that I explained the jet partnership yeah. ending wasn't right. Right. Yeah, I remember you explaining that to me. And uh, I was really caught off guard by it, but I kind of like let him explain. And then I go, okay, well, so I, this is how I, I explained it this way. What, so what would, you, what would you have done? Yeah, put the onus back what on What would you that. have done? Yeah. Didn't have an answer for it. He's like, basically he said, oh, I would have probably said it the way, you, exactly the way you said it. I'm like, all right, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and, that, and that's got to be the, the most difficult thing about your situation, because ultimately you have to make all of these decisions, no matter how big or small. And you have people on the periphery that are that are just like judging every decision you make, every micro decision, every large decision. And said, why, 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 why is he doing it this way? Why is he partnering with these people? Why Florida? Why Massachusetts? So it's um, it's so interesting because it's not easy. It's not easy to make oh, those decisions. I mean, that was There's no, extremely difficult. Yeah. All of the decisions that had to be made through that whole process was extremely difficult. Yeah. Even we had basically had a team phone call of like, what was our response going to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I was talking and about. And ultimately yeah. the response ended up being nothing. Nothing. Yeah. We didn't end up doing like making a response, which I think was the right, the right response, the right yeah. decision. And there was a few that wanted to, like I said, they wanted let's apologize, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, I was, I yeah, was, let's 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 admit that we were wrong and say that we should have sent through the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and I'm like, I was getting ready to. Like, that was the stupidest thing Jackson's ever said. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was I, like, I mean, in hindsight, it's like <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out, to, shout out, Jackson. Uh, like, no, no, because I did the right it, yeah. thing the whole time, and now you know six months eight however long ago it was like i made all the right decisions and that's so clear and it's so clear to everybody now yeah and it's like thank god i was the one thank god i was the one making the decisions it was a great one i was behind there was a lot there was a lot of help it was a great learning experience though because now we have that information in that situation moving forward when we do engage in a uh, future facility yep or multiple yeah and which will involve partnerships likely so it i'm not going to let it scare me away from partnerships yep. i think they can be done just maybe not 50 50. <laughs> i think they can be done correctly absolutely yeah. they could uh, and yeah. again you probably learned vetting a partner and partners mm-hmm. vetting you yep. you know i mean it's not just like you know oh i go with this guy he's a great guy oh okay and then then you go to georgia and like yeah. holy cow this is like jack the ripper i can't work with this guy you know it's you're better off meeting people discussing your vision making sure they're on board with that vision because mm-hmm. if they're not on board with that vision well then that's the partnership's dead right there creating a super super specific contract and probably you know having to go through multiple reiterations of a contract to mm-hmm. like yep. get it exactly where you want it covering every single detail it's kind of what we do now with our scopes of work like mm-hmm. we create what is essentially like a rough draft let it run for a week or two f- figure out exactly like what needs to be added and documented and then eventually it's a well-oiled machine so so many lessons yeah so many lessons and like reading that e-myth book circle back to that i'm like reflecting back on all of those things that we've gone through the last few years and it's like holy cow no wonder why people don't figure it out yeah because there are so many issues to solve and problems to work through and a lot of that that's why I'm so big on mindset. It's all 
the mindset in which you kind of 100%. attack because you could very easily turn into the victim and all of that or you could look at it as just creative opportunity and like jump on and like great okay how are we going to put our heads together get creative work through this work through this one thing at a time mm -hmm. and yeah, you do that in all the meetings like if something's going wrong whatever it is a bad video whatever you'll be like all right all right that sucks now how do we fix it you know it, it's it's very you don't sit there and like you know moan and complain like oh this is horrible this is bad dirt the bike's ugly like you're like all right it sucked let's fix it you know and then it's just the mindset yeah. of moving on but then that wears off on all of us too because like i like i said i'm totally different at home now it's like okay you know house burned down all right spartan building on you all know right. it's like it's just, <laughs> i guess you are moving to florida sooner than yeah, you yeah i move to florida tomorrow <laughs> yeah as long as you're not making the same mistake multiple times mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and there's i think it's okay to make a sim very similar mistake twice Mm -hmm. uh, and, but you better not do that a third time. But yeah. the, Grant just recently kind of made the same mistake twice yeah. in a row. Yep. Not the same exact mistake, but it was darn close. Sure. And I don't think it'll ever happen again. So, and it's not because we reprimand the person. It's because we, we create the solution mm -hmm. and then create a, you know, basically a pro process that they can then follow the yep. next time to, that way it's a no brainer. Um, and I love doing that now. And now what I do is I juggle my book reading. It's probably like a currently 70-30 split. I'm 70% business stuff right now and I'm 30% mindset. Cool. And then I'll just, I'm sure, swing back. and flow, swing back to mindset stuff is... It's timeless. It's timeless. No, it covers, it that, covers yeah. all of it. Yeah. And it's the most important by far. Absolutely. The business stuff, I think, eventually will reach a point to where... You can only read. You can so only much. learn so much, probably. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think you'll get to. I think you get to a point like you know the growth. Like you have two moto academies or three physical places. When you have like thirty, well, that's when the business stuff's going to come into like when you start looking at tax laws and all this other stuff that you know. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to learn now. Well, that's what I'm saying. In anticipation that, so the the e myth book and what I'm like even the traction book, basically what that those books are doing is we're trying to create a framework to where it, we have a franchise so we can franchise yeah so you you create a system to where you basically are assuming that you're going to have 5,000 locations Locations, whatever it is yeah so the e-myth book references mcdonald's a lot and that like mcdonald's was the king of creating the process so any and actually it specifically says so that the lowest skill level individual in that category can take over and successfully run it yeah. So, yeah. And it says the lowest skill level in that industry. So, they're like, if it's an attorney's office, the lowest skill level attorney. If it's a motocross track, the lowest skill level motocross person, mm -hmm. which sometimes can be pretty low level. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, we got to create 100%. a bulletproof system. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, let's see. What else as far as the Tony origin story? So. You still have that same Kawasaki. I just saw it in the van. Yeah, yeah. That Are you going to ride? Uh, uh, I'm not going to ride today. I might. Um, well, I got to pick up the Starks tomorrow, and then I'm going to bring them down to you guys in Naples, so you guys will leave my house early morning, Then I'll just meet Thunder. What time do you get them tomorrow? Uh, that I don't know. I hope I have it text queued up from Thunder. Okay. But he's going to be in that area tomorrow morning, I believe. Are we riding in Naples tomorrow? We're riding in Naples tomorrow at 10 a.m. So hopefully you can get the bikes somewhat early. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's my goal. Um, because it's about a two hour drive. Yeah. South. Um, then we'll do a wing seed install. Which they're sick because yeah. they have the Moto Academy logo on oh, them, sweet. so they're custom. Shout out Guts. Thank you, Andy at Guts. The seats are amazing, but we ordered, and I don't think he ever made me pay for them, but I ordered three hundred and thirty patches. Patches. Really? That are now just sit because we were gonna. I was gonna do them in a bike giveaway and in, integrate into a bike giveaway somehow. How long have you had those for? It was a Christmas giveaway. I remember that. It was so la- like that was last not this Christmas, but last Christmas. Yeah. Wow. So we've had them for a while. So just so you know, we ne- we have probably three hundred and nice twenty patches left. <laughs> That's so awesome. If you need patches for anything, <laughs> yes, I actually would like one to put on mine. Yeah, because it looks great. Yeah, I know. I yeah. saw that. And it, we we have them put it in a perfect spot to where it's a, where you're supposed to sit. On the seat for a corner. So do you have, do you send those out to guts and then they throw the patch on or yep. do you? Okay. Yep. So if you just uh, if like if you want to get a the heat guts has all the patches they have everything. Oh, okay, so if you cool. just like need a seat, just like tell um, them put a patch on. Sweet. We gave a seat away for twelve days of Christmas yep. this time around I think and Cowie Ryan won it. Yep. They did a seat for him. I hope they put the Moto Academy patch on it. We'll have to follow up with Cowie Ryan. Yeah, because that would have been an obvious thing to do, but yeah. maybe they didn't much her. Uh, but the patches will look good we got horns yeah so if the seats are loud enough they're like little battery they're um you charge them with like a usb cable did you bring them today yep they might be good to test with um like bikes running the three bikes that we have running yeah just to see they They have like three or four different horn options and then yeah we're gonna have three starks yeah that's that's awesome awesome. they are gonna they are gonna start off as red and yep. we'll uh we're getting gray plastics for all of them but it might be cool to have like one red one two gray ones yep maybe maybe yeah. i'm excited to see what our graphics end up looking like for those two yeah because it's such a good looking bike i can't such wait a good looking I, bike. i'm super sharp made my day now yeah. that drive was worth it i get to ride the start <laughs> tomorrow again yeah i think it would be cool and it oh also didn't bring them today definitely should have uh the cardo systems came in oh they did that was yep. fast and that box disappeared on me so it's somewhere in the house i'll shout grab out it taylor. for tomorrow yeah. shout out taylor at cardo yeah right cardo yep. so they sent two of them yeah two what's, two somethings and then uh four something else's okay so we'll see what's in there and figure it out have you ever used one yeah for, uh, for street ride i use them all the time okay so maybe you can help yeah. with figuring out how to work them he sent a whole sop to my email uh, uh, yeah the I, other day i mean i mine's from like 10 years ago but you know cool. we not even 10 maybe like five but it, probably the same i know my fox helmet has an integration to be able to put the, the oh, cool. thing in there so it doesn't hit your ears from, or whatever. from the interior yeah nice yep that's really cool so the idea with that is we're going to put them in a couple of our helmets and then we're just going to ride around in the Starks and have conversation. Basically, it could be a podcast really as you're riding if you want it to. That'd be awesome. That would be a pretty cool podcast. <laughs> that would be hilarious because you could split screen it. Yeah. And yeah. you could have both of us communicating with each other. The Cardo system's more so for us to just have the conversation and then yep. you're mic'd up so you get really good professional audio and you just start out in different sections of the track or whatever. And then it, I think it'd be especially funny if you're out there with a bunch of other people because yeah. then you're honking at yeah, them yeah. and having conversation as you're going. That would be the video. Oh, be, that would be wicked entertainment. That would be fun. be yeah. a lot going on in that video, but I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see how that plays out because yeah. I've, I've had that concept for a while. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of like, pilot episodes of me riding the Alta yep. a year or two ago. A Tomahawk, I remember that. Mic'd up and doing kind of like talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. Those must be on YouTube somewhere. I don't yeah. know where they ended up. And it worked 
quite well. Yeah. And I think communicating with another person and also being on the Stark to where the Alta, it was like I could go pretty fast, mm -hmm. but not really. On the Stark, I can go, as fast as you I want, think, basically. faster than I can on the on my Honda 450. So, really? Yeah, well, it might did that video come out yet? I don't think it did. No. So I did the lap time battle and the Stark battery went into reserve mode and started flashing right. and dying off the big tabletop on the other side of Punta Gorda here. Mm -hmm. So I had one, two, three, four, five, six turns left. And I was still less than a second off of my Honda 450. So I had wonder, it not, I definitely would have been faster. I wonder if we uh, took side by side your, uh, the Stark and your 450 and just went in a straight line for however long, like quarter mile or whatever. Is that a thing? You know what would be cool? Actually, that's a great idea. What if we took the video we get the drone and we have the video of you will lap with the stark and then the lap with the honda with the drone you know seeing all the lines make sure you hit the same lines and then get the actual time see which one's faster yeah. Yeah. i think the drag race uh, idea could be a cool yeah simple concept to do too like you always see with the teslas and versus mm -hmm. the other oh, cars yeah, that's where it blow just it away. does this yeah. yeah you'd imagine it would i mean the stark right. is ridiculous instantaneous power yeah no power but as, as fast as it is it's safe to ride i mean like, Which is you, like i told spot. you that like you know i i was I, when i was taking it out there i was petrified yeah. i was like nervous i don't want to break the bike once i was out there that's the most comfortable feeling it's almost like you're being a kid again riding a bicycle or a mm -hmm. mountain bike i yeah. just I, it was fun it's i said you, you will love playful. it yeah I have had so many people sending in messages in Moto Academy, either people that have try, are trying them and got mm -hmm. it on film or got one. And like like bought one and yeah, received it already? And got it on film. Well. And like raving reviews. Yeah. It, it, not to mention, I have logs of that and I'm familiar with all these people because I'm always engaging with them in messages in the app. So I remember what they look like and I can mm -hmm. just scroll up and look what they look like on the other bike. Yep. They're all better on the start. Yeah. What? Every single one. And, and I mean, on the Stark, I don't want the traditional setup. I like it. Handbrake. I call it mountain bike setup. Yeah. I like the mountain bike setup with the brakes on the handlebars. That mm -hmm. way your feet just don't have to move. I, I That was my preferred setup. So it, does the Stark promote naturally better form? It's just so much less to do. So you right. can focus on the right, on the things you need yeah. to be focused on. There, no there's clutch. very, very, very few people that are good enough to be able to add in all of the controls that you have to be worrying about on a normal dirt bike. Sure. I mean, very few people. Yeah. So the the video that he sent in, he was in the UK, he was in a small kind of arena cross style track mm -hmm. and he was on a Yamaha 250F. Yep. And so you would watch him like fumbling around with the gears a little bit. He, his speed in the corners was horrible because he'd be mm -hmm. pulling in the clutch, trying to like get the gear. And then he'd try to like seat bounce the double, come out of the turn, case it. And it was just like looked sloppy. Yeah. And then cut to the very next video he sends is him doing the same exact lap on the Stark. And his corner speed is super fluid coming in, coming through because you just give it gas. That's I mean, there's nothing else point. to worry about. Yeah. And then he stays on the seat coming out and just zzz, right over the double, like jumping all huh. the things that he couldn't jump on the 250. Yeah, I like the Stark. I, and yeah. I'm, I, Wait till I, you, you haven't ridden it yet, no. right? Wait till you ride it. You're gonna yeah, learn. yeah you're I thought I was gonna hate it. Now. I thought I was gonna because I don't like. I mean, I I don't like electric cars. I don't sure. like. I love Formula One. I hate E Formula. The I hate the electric stuff. Yeah, but I love that star. Yeah, especially because you're the lowest skill level uh, Moto Academy Shout employee. Out Shout out Tony. There you go, Tony Peanuts. <laughs> uh, you it will uh, amplify your riding experience. I would say 
times a hundred. Yeah, you'll throw your yeah. you'll 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 because even for Jamie, again. it amplified yeah. his riding experience by like let's say times ten maybe. Cool, right? Because it's just the it's the 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 less good you are. Mm-hmm. No offense. Yeah. The less good you are, the more it amplifies your riding experience. That's that's even exciting. for me, it amplifies my riding experience because there's certain things that like it gets too complex sometimes. Sure. Even for me, and then when you ride that bike, you're like, oh, and you just have to worry about just twisting the throttle. Really? Yeah. It seriously takes you back to being a kid riding your BMX bike or your mountain bike. That's exactly what I was thinking. Never of. thought about it from that perspective. That's how that I. Makes total I, sense. I loved it. I mean, it was just like there was no thinking. Yeah. Yep. Just go. Just go. Yep. And it, what it does is, it, for me, for and again, the lower level, less experience you have, mm-hmm. the more it amplifies this. You can get creative. Sure. Because you're worried about so many, so much less. Mm-hmm. So much less. Mm-hmm. I, the whole theory of my teaching with Moto Academy is like eliminate all the extra variables as much as you can. Yeah. And this bike, it just does, it, does it, it for you. Not to mention when you have the hand controls, you don't have to do anything with the feet. Just leave your feet in position, leave them on the pegs. What's the uh, learning curve with the uh, two turns? Pretty quick. Yeah. Two turns, I figured it out. Pretty quick. First turn I went into, I was looking for the rear brake. Mm-hmm. And maybe I did it one other time while Shoot. I was out there. And then for me, I use the clutch probably more than the average person. Yep. In like, not in the corner necessarily, the but rollers. in like complex situations, jumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, in between jumps, if I'm trying to get pop, wheeling over braking bumps, wheeling rollers, I mm-hmm. use it. So I would use it, yeah. forgetting that it wasn't a clutch anymore. It was right. now the rear brake. But it kind of acts similar to where, okay. it, like, if you're wheeling and you want to, you know, get the front end to be placed exactly where you want it, which yep. is what I would use the clutch for, the rear brake kind of will do the same thing. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's cool. I'm excited. There's so many opportunities for the Stark, especially with, like, integrating into business ideas that we have 100%. too. So, yeah, we just need to make sure that we it's we got to figure out a, a proper deal. I know they're yeah. giving us three bikes. Yeah. That's great to yeah, start, that's, but that's, that's I don't nice want it to be too lopsided. Can't, it, it's already one-sided, but that's yeah. beside the point. Yep. Um, but yeah, 100% agree. Okay, well, we are 54 minutes in. That's good enough, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I'll get geared up and do some riding. What time is it? It's two thirty. Oh, perfect. Start yeah. Riding in uh, start riding at three. Yeah, Moto Academy podcast. We're back in town. Let us know how this sounded and how it looked. The only adjustments I planned on making, and I think we should have the audio actually maybe better than what it was before. Um, the Moto Academy sign behind me needs to be put up a little higher. I think other than that, we should be pretty spot on. But if you guys see something that we don't, let us know. Subscribe, all that good stuff. Shout out to the you know handful of people still listening this deep into an episode. Who's still listening? Tony, this is a true test. We need five Moto Academy members. List Ar- them off. Arvens. Boom. Uh, Premix Papa. Premix Pops. The Real GP. Real GP, shout out. Siler87. Wow. And uh, Cowie Ryan. Cowie Ryan. Excellent. Shout Driver Jamie, give me five Moto Academy. Kyle 17, because I owe him a break video. Shout out. Done. Uh, Mike and Andrew. Mike and Andrew, shout out. Bah, bah, <laughs> three, two, eight. By the way, not to interrupt your... Go ahead. Youngblood. Daniel Youngblood. Yeah, shout yeah. out. Shout out, Daniel. Uh, shout out, Ball 328 He recommended a book called The Genie Within. Order it. Okay. The Genie Within. The Genie Within. It's about I, I subconscious like, and conscious, but it's need to put very a, simple. We need to put, whether it's in the post or the discussion, we need to put, like, the recommended books. Oh, we're yeah. yeah so we're going to have a book club. Oh, thank you. I, mean, I, I do, like, when people, like, I've I, I've actually bought books off of uh, Amazon from direct messages people would send to me. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, 
like other hobbies we have besides this and the one guy recommended bushido the bushido code and i actually read that and that's actually really good i ali's cool. wants to kill me the amount of books that come into the house like and ali's dad just thinks it's so funny because every week there's like seven more books showing up but i'm reading them quick i'm getting through two or three a week so i'm kind of keeping up with the pace at which i'm ordering the genie within is a great one it's subconscious conscious and it really dives in and explains it's like psycho cybernetics except i would say that wasn't my favorite it's easier it's easier to understand it's like Psycho cybernetics really resonated with me and I understood it super well, but a lot of people say that that one was a little tricky. It just wasn't my favorite. I mean, I, if you compare that one to mindset, mindset I loved. Um, Think and Grow Rich was one of my favorites of all time. Love yep. that one. Um, there's a few that I really love, but, that, but psycho cybernetics was not my. Didn't, didn't hit? No. This one's been great so far. So Genie Within. Also, I have, I'm just started it, but I ordered the laws of law of success by Napoleon Hill. Mm. Oh, I same love person Napoleon who wrote Hill. Yeah. Think and Grow Rich. And this book comes in and it's the same black hardcover. It looks the same as Think and Grow Rich, the hardcover version that I have. And this thing is like thicker than the Bible. Nice. It's massive. It's like war and peace. <laughs> and I go, holy crap. Get this on audio. So I imagine it's gotta be good if it's Napoleon well, that's the, Hill. We need to advertise that too because you know, driving I listen to audiobooks the whole way. And uh, it's it's nice to have that. Mm. You know, you listen because you can't read when you're driving. I, I struggle with audiobooks a little bit because I, I start visualizing and kind of like getting distracted in my head in mm. a good way. Yeah. Uh, but when I read, I'm really hyper-focused on what I'm reading. Do when you, I listen, I, I kind of will go off in my head. Do you uh, do you listen to those Napoleon Hill lectures on Spotify? I listen to all of them. That's yeah. what made me switch to Spotify. Yeah, yeah, I remember the conversation. Yeah. Those are good. Those yeah, are good. That's what made me switch to Spotify. But I still don't like listening. Where I'll listen is... Uh, I only watch. I watch. Yep. So if there's like a podcast clip, like I'll watch a, a Rob Deerdeck clip mm -hmm. that's maybe eight minutes long, I'll watch it and be really just, I'll, I've like rewind and yeah, I've yeah, like yeah. Really, really tuned intent. in. Um, or if I'm just listening, I will listen as I'm going to bed. Yeah. So like when I travel, when I travel, I, I will put a huge, like a Joe Dispenza or something mm -hmm. on as I'm going to bed and just let it run for a couple hours as I'm going to sleep and yep. sleeping. Um, so that's my strategy with that. But yeah, we're going to have a book club in the new app. So it'll have I links. It. It'll have links to all the books. It'll have a list of kind of like in order of priority, maybe even. Um, yeah, I probably already have, I don't know, 40 to 50 to be able to pop onto that list. So there'll be plenty. If yeah. you would have told me it's 30 exciting. years ago, I'd be 52 years old reading books. I would have said you guys are on crack. <laughs> and now I, I go home and I read constantly i'm addicted to it yeah yeah it's actually it's a good addiction but it's kind of weird like i mean i'll sit at the end of the day i'll uh open a beverage grab the book and start reading yeah it's great do you know uh i know we're closing out but do you uh do you know the definition of iq or the rough definition i just read who, who invented the test and i know what the test was for the iq test was to determine not your intelligence it was to determine your um uh, availability to availability to learn yeah i just read uh, herbert or something i think it was a lady that gave the test i i remember re i, I just read it and because uh, it's the iq test you have isn't your iq right isn't your iq like, it you, doesn't you can determine be, how smart you are exactly because you can be the 90 to retain information and apply yeah, you can it. have a 98 when you're um in sixth grade yep and at 40 years old your iq might be 160. Yep. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a moving target it's a yeah it's and they the people who started using it for see how smart you were misconstrued this person's whole idea of the test. Yep. 
And yeah. how I know that I have no see that's it's, in one, that's, the, it's in one of the books that, that we it? read. I yeah. can't remember which one, but there it dove one of them dove into kind of talking about IQ and how I think it was mindset. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. But I'm just saying like I, I, I reading that stuff is something like, you know, if my college teachers can see me now, they'd be like, Holy cow. Yeah. yeah, well the problem with most people, myself included, for the longest time up until two years ago, is I thought that the learning ended when you left school. Yeah, no, it's it's better. Learning now is like, and you're gonna get to my age one day. Learning now is better now. Like I love like feeling, not feeling, but like just talking to people, and they're like, "Wow, like when did you go back to college?" And I'm like, "I didn't." It's just, <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, yeah, you level, you get the for first of all, it's like you you figure the mindset out, which that's why mindset book is so important. Yeah, I love that one. Once you figure the mindset out, you you become addicted to the learning process, and then you become really good at. You know, when you then when you learn about the subconscious and conscious and being able to kind of like get yourself into different brain states, even like you digest and download things way quicker. When I used to read things, it was very difficult for me to understand and comprehend. And so therefore I could read a whole book and maybe I could. I can list off like one thing that I learned Mm. from it. Mm -hmm. And now it's like I read the book Traction and I could have I could talk about it on a whole podcast. Yeah. Just from reading it one time through, I remember all of it and I assimilate it and understand it deeply, like right away. It's amazing. That is pretty wild. And that's that's what made me bring up the uh, the IQ thing is because the, you're the fact that you're juggling three to five books a week, you're able to think high level from the 30,000 foot view of the vision of Moto Academy. And you're just able to keep all of these balls up in the air. And there's it. You display a very clear sense of um being able to talk about what you're reading and learning in real time to other people in different ways, which is a really good sign of strong understanding of mm. something or a concept. I never used to be able to do that. Yeah. And now, yeah, a situation can arise and I'll like think of something, it, it just comes to me. I think it's something that I read in a book just recently and I understand it so well that I can explain it. Yeah. Um, and that, when you start yeah. to understand. You said IQ and I, just, I remember reading yeah. that and mindset yeah. was probably the second book I read. Like I'm, I'm way into the and not libraries. many people are yeah. not many people are able to do that. And then you start to stand out as like people will listen in or be a yeah. part of your conversation and be like, holy crap, this guy, not in like just, a know-it-all type of way. Yeah. No, but, but it's, like a, wow, it's not right. a, you're not a, you're not being a blowhard or a big mouth. You're, you're like talking. It's like, and you have edu- not even honestly education, but you have like a, a point behind your conversation. You're not just talking and say, yo, dude, man, yeah. that's cool. You know, it's like, you know, there's <laughs> yeah, actually conversation behind it. Uh-huh. And uh, it's helped tremendously with my vocabulary also. I felt like I would always be frustrated with. I need a word for that. Would never have a word for anything. Yeah. Still don't, but I'm certainly better than what I was. Like I, I pull words out like crazy now that I were not in my repertoire before uh, well, you're not <laughs> I, I, I don't see a melancholy over it so yeah. you're fine well i do remember like with camera and cam i busted out uh oh something that we had to look up because he didn't believe it was a word and that was a while ago that was before my vocab had so, improved so speaking of uh, cam i love cam but you know he has the history of motocross he knows nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing we were on uh, the live feed earlier and uh our our two young grand and mitchell they, they know nothing too like they really? literally some we were talking about favorite rider of all time, and mm-hmm. one guy writes Cobra, and they're like, "Who's Cobra?" I'm like, "Guys, how do you not know David Villeman? How do you not know that's, like?" That's definitely a golf club. 
Cobra. <laughs> oh. We have to have a history class. Did they not know who David Villeneuve they was? Well, they knew who once I said his name. Like, oh, I think I know him. I said, yeah. But you they know. didn't know Cobra was David Villeneuve? No, no. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I know a little bit about the history, more so than the rest of our young team. Yes. Yeah. Grant's father and I were talking about Bob Hanna, so that was, you know, that was pretty good. You don't know who Bob right. Hanna is, do you? I know, but I know who Ralph is. That's okay. Grant's dad. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right Moto Academy Podcast, we've done it. Thank you for listening. Number one podcast in motocross. Toodles. Peace. Toodle.